And we are live, guys. Welcome to Silicon Mondays. Today, we have the guy who founded one of the biggest Bitcoin mining pools in 2013 and one of the biggest staking providers in 2018, founder of F2 Pool and Stakefish. Welcome, Chun Wang. Hello, hello, everyone. Founded one of the biggest Bitcoin mining pools in 2013 and one of the biggest staking providers. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Good morning, good afternoon. Awesome. <laughs> Good, good to have you on the show. Um, and today is going to be a special episode. Uh, you can, like, everyone watching now, um, make sure to stick around. You can win a Steakfish branded Ledger Nano X. Um, just, like, drop your questions for Chun in the chat here. And we'll pick the best question at the end of the show. And um, best question gets one Ledger. Uh, so let's jump right into some lightning round questions here. Um, please answer, like, as short as possible. Um, what was your first investment outside of BTC and Ethereum? Uh, if you're speaking of uh, cryptos, it was uh, an NFC name coin, uh, which uh, is the first uh, altcoin and also the first blockchain after Bitcoin. And usually I try to avoid to use the word investment mm. because I buy coins, I sell coins, I hold coins. I also use the Lightning Network for my phone bills and uh, use USDC to book flights, but I do not invest in them. So Namecoin, Namecoin was launched in April 2011. Uh, it was the you know uh, first uh, of the first. So out of the original idea of a BDNS, which uh, uh, also uh, Satoshi uh, used to part of it. So I do not remember when I bought my first name coin, but uh, the price was like 0 0.03 BTC uh, back then. So yeah, and I solo mined uh, uh, the first uh, two uh, name coin blocks in October 2011 uh, when name coin uh, network was stuck by so-called coin hopping uh, with Bitcoin. So. Since the design of uh, Namecoin did not have a feature to avoid the difficulty hopping between Bitcoin and Namecoin, uh, so it was targeted by a uh, Bitcoin core developer, Luke Jr., to uh, with some uh, double standing attacks. So, and it, later it was uh, forced to switch to uh, merge mining uh, with uh, Bitcoin in 2012. Mm. At some time, at some point, we have a ninety-nine percent of all the hash power on the Namecoin network, together with IX coin, I zero coin, Dev coin. It was one of the four major coins much mined with the Bitcoin. We also donated uh, a few thousand dollars to Namecoin development in 2013, 2014. Uh, the same group of uh, developers also working on. Later, uh, Hunter Coin, and later, uh, more recently, uh, Zaya Project. That's that. That's a great, great story, man. Um, this, it's probably like the first ENS domain names um, ever in existence, right? Yeah, similar so, to uh, pretty cool. HNS. Yeah. So, um, what do you think is currently the most underrated project in crypto? Mm. Most under underrated product, mm, maybe Stakefish. <laughs> Stakefish underrated. So we started uh, 2018 in 
from Thailand originally, uh, out of nothing, but uh, only a domain name. So uh, the dot fish uh, TLD, I think it's TLD, right? Top level domain. The dot fish was introduced originally uh, 2014. Uh, F2 pool uh, is known as a fish pool. So I talked to uh, my college to like, uh, yeah, because uh, his name was uh, Bitfish. So I've been watching Bit.fish this domain name for years. And one day it become available. So I back, back order this domain name and talk to them like, uh, are we gonna to use this new domain name to do something? And I didn't get any positive feedback. So I decided to do it myself. And so, yeah, so basically we have nothing but a domain name and I, I didn't know what to do with it. So yeah, I started in Thailand and uh, it's in, initially organized the event in Bangkok and uh, grew up in Korea uh, because we happened to have a few college uh, joined us in Korea. And, but we always have a, a kind of a diversity and decentralization deep in our culture. Uh, and Bangkok, I must, I must say Bangkok is kind of a, a quite a diversified place. And uh, our team members uh, come from all the, you know, different backgrounds. We have, uh, uh, you know, men, women, uh, even like transgenders, all the, you know, people. And yeah, so mm, we never, you know, when we, when we started, we never thought of making money out of this. Uh, we even think like making money is something disgraceful. So, but I think once Ethereum become a POS, it's very likely state fish probably have a good chance to be worth more than after pool. So I do think state fish something seriously underrated. <laughs> awesome, awesome story there. Um, so like who, who in the crypto industry, like, do you respect the most currently or like who inspired you the most? Uh, who in the crypto industry? Uh, maybe Satoshi himself. Uh, I respect Satoshi because, uh, you know, imagine like as far as uh, 14 years ago, uh, someone, you know, sitting in front of the computer screen already thinking something like uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain, you know, when almost nobody else, you know, ever uh, think about this, anything similar to this. And, uh, you know, think about like someone, you know, later with uh, billions of dollars of wealth, but never move it. Uh, I, I must say like only because of this, Bitcoin is worth, uh, it's like Bitcoin, you know. Mm, what I mean is uh, uh, if we know Satoshi is, uh, you know, have a identity such like if we know Satoshi is from uh, US, he's American, then people from uh, China, people from Russia may refuse to accept it. And uh, if we know Satoshi is a Chinese, then maybe people from other countries may decide for a similar reason. So Bitcoin has said today's value is, uh, I think Satoshi become anonymous, it contributes a lot. And for second, Person, I must say, I uh, I respect the most probably Vitalik, and uh, his uh, you know I must say investing in Bitcoin, you are investing against uh, inflation, 
uh, investing in altcoins like uh, you know, uh, let's say this altcoin is not a spam coin. It's at the best it's like investing in a startup company. And there, there's a thousand reasons a startup company go failure. And uh, a startup company exists uh, because uh, you know it's a company. Company by nature is it must make profit. And but Ethereum is a, is something different, kind of uh, between Bitcoin and Altcoin. So you never heard from uh, Vitalik how much money I want to make, how much profit I want to make out of Ethereum. We only hear about what's the plan for Ethereum, uh, how we can bring blockchain technology to the next level. So for the for that reason, I, I must say I respect Vitalik the most. Uh, only after Satoshi himself. Yeah. That's interesting. And I mean, Satoshi is probably like one of the only founders like who became like anonymous very, very early on as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, contribute a lot to the decentralization of the space, I think. Um, cool stuff. Um, and then uh, another short question, like how much of your portfolio is staked? About 30%. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And then uh, what is an activity you do to relax from the wild crypto markets usually? Mm, out of crypto market? Yeah, um, for fun. For fun, uh, i constantly looking for new countries to check into. I use a check-in because uh, it's kind of different from a typical tourist. Uh, be there, done that, and that's it. So I count how many countries I've done that and I've checked into and I've been living in a nomadic lifestyle for a few years and uh, I used to be like uh, you know, a real fan and uh, 2000, 2007 was the most crazy year despite having a full-time job you know, from lock me up in the office from Monday to Friday. I only use a weekend uh, to like uh, that, that year I traveled uh, 75 and 900, 75,900 kilometers on railways, you only using weekend. That translates into, you know, typical trains running at uh, 60 to 80 kilometers per hour. That translates to like two months only inside train cars. And the other 10 months you, you spend in, you know, sleeping and uh, uh, in the office. So, I basically finished checking in all Chinese provinces in 2013 using trains and then transfer uh, as a front fla frequent flyer. So despite the, the difficulty in travel amid the pandemic, uh, I managed to visit 27 countries in the past 12 months from uh, Svalbard in the north to South Pole at the very bottom of the world. Wow. That's that's impressive. Which, which country do you like the most so far? Like which which one did you enjoy the most? I'm currently in Malta, mm, but if you let me choose, I'm I'm kind of very interested in uh, Svalbard. It's technically part of Norway, but kind of a neutral uh, by treaty. It doesn't you know uh, everyone regard their uh, nationality. They they'll be treated uh, similar at least by law. Uh, in reality, it seems not heading to the right direction. I must say, but it's still quite an interesting place to to live in. If you can, you know, manage to find a place to live in, it's quite hard to find a place to live there. 
Cool, cool. Great stuff. Uh, great, great intro here. And um, yeah, guys, stay with us today. We're going to talk uh, more about staking versus mining. We're going to talk about industry trends in general and um, also about the new Ethereum staking solution that you just launched for uh, Ethereum with Stakefish. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure to drop some questions in the in the chat here. Um, the best question, we'll pick it at the end of the show and you will win a Ledger Nano X. Um, and uh, as the last episodes already, like this, this episode is sponsored by Lido Finance. Um, make sure to check them out. Lido is the market leading liquid staking solution. With Lido, you can stake Ethereum, Solana, Terra, and you keep full liquidity via staking derivatives. Um, and you can use it in extra like DeFi applications to, to generate additional yield as well. So yeah, make sure to check out Lido.finance. Um, for today, let's, let's jump into some uh, more long form questions, John. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to get this started with you. Um, so let's let's start with like the beginning of your career. Like you already mentioned, like you were um, like very early into crypto in like 2011, right? Um, like how how did you get into crypto? How did that happen? And like what inspired you to um, to go like work full time in, in crypto and then like start F2 pool and so on? Uh, I never think about full time in crypto in the first few years. Uh, basically, uh, in the beginning, I was uh, voluntarily contributing to, a, uh, to uh, my computing power to a project called Seti at Home. Uh, that's a project aiming to find alien intelligence to, from radio telescope signals. So one day I read about uh, Bitcoin on Slashdot and immediately f uh, fascinated by this idea. So I immediately switched my uh, CPU power uh, from setting at home to Bitcoin mining. Uh, but, you know, uh, overnight I didn't mine a single Bitcoin. So second day I went to a local market buy, you know, try to buy some GPU. Uh, and uh, yeah, and since then never stopped like mm, working on crypto. Uh, but I must say like uh, first, uh, uh, first, uh, first year I estimated like Bitcoin, you know, uh, why, you know, uh, got my first uh, GPUs. I, from my estimate, Bitcoin probably will survive more than two months. That's the reason, and I calculate, I can pay back my uh, graphical card, uh, you know, within two months. So uh, that's the reason I originally started my Bitcoin almost immediately. Uh, but, you know, in the end, Bitcoin not just uh, uh, survived two months, but, you know, after more than 10 years, it's uh, still uh, going strong. That's something initially uh, I never, I never dare to think about. So, um, and Bitcoin, you know, I didn't know about the economy of finance uh, too much uh, in 2011. So... Bitcoin was like an eye opener, and uh, it's a whole new world open to me. So, uh, yeah. So I think you know I learned a lot over the past decade, uh, and I think I'm still learning. Yeah, certainly. Um, that that's pretty cool. And, and it, it was the time where you still could like mine from your laptop, um, and actually make a lot of Bitcoin too. Um, and yeah. now, now you made it to like to, to start like one of the yeah. biggest 
uh, Bitcoin mining pools and one of the biggest second providers. So in the in the first two years, I mined uh, solo. Uh, personally, mined seven thousand seven hundred bitcoins, mm -hmm. and uh, because of the transition to ASIC, uh, I could not uh, use GPU to mine Bitcoin anymore in two thousand thirteen, and also uh, I. I rented uh, four uh, residential apartments for Bitcoin mining. Uh, had a hash rate about uh, maybe 20 to 30 giga hash per second. That's like maybe 0.4% uh, at the maximum of a total network hash rate. So, yeah, but uh, uh, in late 2012, uh, there have been a few uh, ASIC projects, and I also ordered a few ASIC units. And my first ASIC unit got delivered. Uh, I remember that day was uh, March, March 18, uh, 2011, and that uh, changed my career entirely that day. So my first unit of ASIC arrived, and that single unit maybe like uh, how big this like as big as a normal computer. Uh, it has a hash rate like 60 giga hash per second. That's replaced my entire operation and more. So, but it's gonna only consume a tiny amount of electricity. So I have no reason to keep the operation running. So, uh, and after one month, uh, I started mining pool, which is kind of a service uh, other miners can, you know, uh, direct their hash rate uh, to us. We operate the servers. So um, in almost 10 years of uh, operation of a mining, you know, after history, we mined more than a million Bitcoins. Uh, that's like 5%, uh, more than 5% of the entire uh, Bitcoin uh, uh, is is it's mined from our pools. That's that's impressive. So you, you said you mined like seven thousand seven hundred bitcoins by yourself in twenty eleven, mm -hmm. right? Like, what did you do with it? Like did you sell them or what? Um... Yes, I sold all the bitcoins uh, from two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I think in January two thousand thirteen, and paid back my initial loan uh, because I. Actually, I, I, you know, I borrowed some money from my parents to, for the first, uh, you know, GPU uh, configuration, and uh, so, yeah, I, I remember the price was like seventeen dollars. Yeah, nice. So that was a good profit. I mean, in eleven, there, there wasn't even markets for it, right? So it was basically yeah. for yeah. free, and then. Uh, that's Fortunately, the uh, mining pool, like we can also have a small percentage kept by ourselves and we can keep making Bitcoin. Uh, that's uh, the that's best thing you can do, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And then you, you're starting that, basically building your own ASIC there, the first ASIC probably, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Impressive. So you, you have pretty good like insights into like mining and staking market um from from both sides and like wh what do you think about the future for crypto like um which group of consensus algorithms will be better positioned to like um 
to make it in the end and to, to become ultimately like uh, adopted from mainstream and like where, where do you stand like more towards proof of work or more towards proof of stake and, and what's your stance there? Uh, we were at the center of the stage of, uh, you know, in Bitcoin uh, community back in 2015, 2016 for the reason, you know, uh, scaling. So uh, from that experience, I would say uh, Bitcoin will remain POW. There's almost zero chance that Bitcoin makes such a big transfer uh, uh, from POW. But it seems like a major other, you know, cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, uh, probably either be POS or at some time maybe transfer into POS. I heard like even Dogecoin community have planned to transfer to POS. So, and there have been uh, little innovation going on in the POW world. So people argue like the energy usage or Bitcoin mining, uh it's somewhat valid but on the other hand i think the you know i kind of uh, personally I, I do not worry about uh, uh the energy user that much because uh, there's a uh, infinite amount of uh, energy in the universe uh, i do believe the universe is infinite so if that case the total amount of energy uh Probably, I mean, the usable energy probably also be uh, infinite. So it's all about how you gonna use this energy. You burn coal, you burn oil. Uh, that's one way to use the energy. And but there's a uh, other a lot of other ways to find the energy. So mm, I mean, they probably uh, Bitcoin will have uh, you know uh, good reason for us to uh, improve our energy uh, industry. There's the kind of uh, opportunity to the energy industry to evolve. Bitcoin will give a lot of uh, uh, new scenarios like traditional energy uh, cannot give us. Such like, uh, I happen to got some idea, maybe like, let's say, uh, wind energy uh, mm -hmm. in the middle ocean, maybe Pacific, uh, you cannot transmit this energy uh, anywhere uh, for residential, for, uh, you know, industrial use, speak uh, to land. But uh, if you can imagine you set up a Bitcoin mining facilities in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and use wind mills, wind turbines to generate ener energy and use the energy right in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, it's kind of a virtual load balancer, you know. You mine one Bitcoin in the middle of Pacific, and you somewhere else will mine one, uh, one less Bitcoin elsewhere. A kind of uh, energy load balancer without uh, a uh, physical infrastructure. Something like this, I think Bitcoin could like make some of, uh, uh, you know, we never probably never imagined like make it possible. Uh, yeah, so I think it's not necessarily the best thing. Yeah, cool. And then, like, do you think that, like, that's kind of like a, a danger for the mining business that you can, that it's like a physical thing? Like, it can be shot like the, the recent ban in China and so on. Um, do you think the, the general business is in danger there? Or, or, like, you mean it will go offshore or, like, um, 
there, there are endless possibilities. So how do you see that? Mm, I, I haven't been in China for a few years. So, uh, yeah, so I had a few tweets regarding this. Uh, F2Pu have been working on decentralized cell for a few years already. And I personally uh, moved to Thailand in 2015. And then uh, I went to Korea. Uh, I, but now I'm living kind of full decentralized and region neutral lifestyle uh, based in no countries. So I think generally uh, the China ban probably the good news. Uh, maybe not short term, but in the long term, it's, it definitely is good news. Bitcoin is about uh, Bitcoin is about the freedom, and uh, the security. You know, uh, by operator mining uh, operations, you basically to secure the Bitcoin network. So the security of a Bitcoin must be controlled in you know free-minded and decentralized people. So mm, it probably. Is, uh, uh, not something uh, China shared with us. So um, I think, you know, Bitcoin is heading to something more healthy uh, ecosystem. Uh, with uh, it's, it has become more decentralized and become more uh, free compared to uh, a couple of years ago. All right. Yeah. And how, how do you see it in comparison to proof of stake there? Like, is it more free and decentralized than proof of stake, for example? Or like, what's what's your take there? Or are there similar risks in proof of stake kind of because it's younger and like there's not so much like mining power backing it up or? Most of big POS implementations uh, by design is a lot of centralized compared to POS. A POW. So, but on the other hand, POS is uh, doesn't involve a lot of physical equipment. That probably something um, beneficial uh, because when you invest, uh, you know, millions, even billions of dollars in terms of uh, uh, mining machines, uh, you kind of uh, you know uh, bond uh, to the you know to the place you 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 are mining. So. Mm, but uh, it may be uh, it may be more difficult to shut down a Ethereum validator than shutting down a Bitcoin miner or Bitcoin mining farm uh, located in a uh, horrible state. Uh, that's why I, I, I spent some time to like investigate uh, the uh, if it's possible to mine Bitcoin in some uh, neutral places such as what I mentioned, Svalbard, Antarctica, in the middle of uh, Pacific Oceans, that's probably, if that happens, probably will make Bitcoin more decentralized and be, make Bitcoin more free. But uh, in the meanwhile, I think uh, Ethereum is kind of uh, something different compared to other POS blockchains. Uh, the Ethereum POS design uh, could uh, make this, you know, uh, its POS mechanism more uh, decentralized uh, compared to other POS uh, design. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. So you've you've been very early, like making a bet on like the mining industry and then on the staking industry and like building 
industry leading companies there and um, identifying market trends very early. So what are you saying is like the next big trend in crypto? Uh, I didn't, I didn't think about crypto that much these days. Uh, this fact, I am still full-time working on Stakefish, uh, spending a lot of time on Aptopool. But um, I think my focus, you know, as I mentioned, I, I investors sometimes uh, look into energy industry. Uh, but I think my hands is full. Uh, I also spend quite some time to look into uh, like how to make uh, uh, how to make life multiplanetary, and more importantly, how to make Bitcoin uh, make cryptocurrency multiplanetary. You know, uh, I think in the next couple of decades, we have a good chance to to like become multiplanetary. Uh, we'll probably see human landing on Mars in the next twenty years, but uh, what currency uh, Mars will use? Uh, what currency Martians will use? Uh, I think uh, if we can make something like cryptocurrency or say Bitcoin to be the currency of Mars, that's uh, I must say that's something uh, uh, we would like to say. Uh, I personally would like to say, but. Sadly, Bitcoin is not yet ready for such a use case because you know the uh, Bitcoin have a block span of minutes, but the signal you know from uh, one way from uh, the Earth to Mars is something like uh, uh, from I think uh, five minutes to twenty minutes. That's one way, and the round trip is uh, double that. Uh, so we cannot uh, make Bitcoin. Uh, you know, without modification to effectively use, you know, uh, in a multi-planetary civilization. So I think maybe it's about time to invest some effort to how to make a blockchain, how to make a cryptocurrency, uh, uh, you know, design for a uh, multi-planetary civilization. Uh, uh, not just a cryptocurrency, I must say, as uh, uh, everything, such like uh, if you have a, let's say, if you have a mobile phone, like you have an iPhone. And uh, I think in the first uh, couple of decades, even like uh, centuries, uh, probably for some time, uh, we cannot, um, cannot manufacture iPhone or something uh, high-end electronics on Mars. So it takes a Martian uh, people uh, 26 months to get a new generation for iPhone. I, I think the future, uh, the biggest festival uh, on Mars, probably not New Year, but the day, you know, every 26 months, when new space uh, spacecraft uh, arriving uh, on Mars. So you got wish for 26 months to get a new generation iPhone. You found out uh, there's a no Apple, no server from uh, Apple on Mars. You cannot even activate your iPhone. So basically, it will change our entire in, uh, industry. Uh, either like a company uh, set up a, a data center on Mars, or you getting uh, you know. Uh, replaced by other companies who will to you know who will set up a data center on Mars. Uh, I think Bitcoin is the same. Bitcoin 
must uh, also involve if Bitcoin cannot involve then other cryptocurrency will replace this. Yeah, cool. So how, how do you think will that be solved? Like, is it like some kind of Bitcoin or Ethereum side chain that settles like every once in a while on like the the versus uh, Bitcoin chain? Or like, is it, I don't yeah, know, like it, it an is currency uh, I do not want to spend too much time in this uh, call to talk about a lot of technologies, but uh, I would say it's, it's, it's a very feasible to design such a blockchain system uh, for uh, lagging, uh, uh, you know, for, you know, interplanetary uh, lag. So we just need to, uh, you know, how to apply this to something like, you know, I, I still want to see Bitcoin become the most, uh, uh, because Satoshi is uh, his the most uh, neutral identity. So I still want to see Bitcoin uh, to take this role. But how to make Bitcoin involved, that kind of uh, challenge, how to make a, a consensus among the Bitcoin community, that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, there are so many other like innovative new, like next generation layer one blockchains in the market right now. And we have mm -hmm. like Solana, Polkadot, Cosmos, and, and so on. Um, do you think there will be even more layer one blockchains launching and like also be successful in the coming or like did you already like saturate the market with like uh layer one chains here there there always be layer one chain launching and uh, uh but you know i think most of uh, uh launchers they probably have no idea why they do this <laughs> so uh but to me uh, making a new layer one successful is it's much much harder uh i compare this to uh you know uh, Bitcoin Ethereum is like uh, Android iOS. So uh, launching a new uh, layer one project, it's much like uh, launching a new mobile OS uh, to compete with Android iOS. Not even Microsoft can do it. So because there's a whole bunch of uh, ecosystem behind uh, either Android and iOS. Uh, unless you have a very good idea, and uh, you are you prepare to you know to fail. I don't think it's a good idea to launch a new layer one. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's it's probably like if there's like another layer one, it's like I don't know, like the car market. Everyone said it's hard to launch another car, and then Elon Musk launched Tesla or something. But it has to be like super innovative to really make an impact, yes. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, like speaking of that, like what do you think are the most interesting projects for like crypto layer one blockchains um, in the market for you right now, or like applications as well? Like what, what's really interesting for you? Uh, I'm all in Ethereum, so Ethereum POS. That's the most interesting thing we are following, and uh, uh, and I must say uh, uh, we are all in. So I think uh, something, yeah. Mm, I don't think anything else uh, beyond the Ethereum this attracts me that much. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, cool. So, um, like, how is the life for you? Like, running one of the biggest Bitcoin mining pools and like one of the biggest staking providers. How do you how do you manage your time and how do you like how much time do you spend on like each company and so on? And then like you, you live a nomad lifestyle and um, how, how is that for you? Like, how how do you spend your time like working like on those two companies at the same time? I used to spend time a lot of, uh, on mining pool because I think, you know, kind of a Bitcoin believer. And, uh, but uh, these days, I, you know, I mentioned like soon after the Ethereum POS transition, I think soon state fears probably were worth more than after pool. Uh, I think, uh, and also state fish, I must say, state fish have a, a far better team compared to after pool. Uh, to, even after years of working on decentralized that company, uh, it's still very Chinese. And uh, even myself have a kind of a difficulty to communicate with the people uh, over there. So <laughs> I don't know. So I think it's probably more wise to uh, invest time in Stakefish. And I do think Stakefish over time will be a you know great company and great team. And uh, because we have the, you know, the root of uh, decentralization and diversify in our culture. And uh, uh, we are uh, mostly uh, crypto believers. Uh, that's, you know, uh, I do think, yeah, state fish will be great. Yeah. I can share that. I, I mean, I've, I've met uh, some people from your team, like um, amazing people you have there. Um, like, how do you organize the team, and um, what is it like for them to like working for Stakefish? Like, how 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 is your company like? And um, also, like uh, another question, like uh, you already mentioned, like the the name Stakefish. Um, mm -hmm. Is it like from from those domain you scooped up in the beginning there, or like is, is yeah. there another story around uh, around the fish? Yeah, I briefly mentioned in the in the previous uh, question. So F two pool F is kind of a fish. So we are known as a fish pool also, and our logo is kind of a fish. So that's actually how you know the fish name from. And uh, <clears throat> uh, in the beginning, we uh, I executed a domain name called Bit Fish, and uh, I, we didn't know what to do, but uh uh you know uh eventually we found uh, something like staking and uh, uh i think um, yeah that's why like basically we we renamed ourselves from bitfish to stakefish uh in 2019 so and i think we'll probably i must say focus on staking and uh, it's uh, exactly to me it's a very similar thing Aptopo is doing you know uh, both mining and staking is uh, you know secure the blockchain and uh, uh, generate uh, new coins uh, we are serving like uh, I must say money printer uh, to fiat so um, but on the other hand, uh, we are working on the lower level, and uh, it's 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 us to 
uh, connect to P2P, the real P2P network of uh, different blockchains. And uh, mm, that's, that's very different from uh, other products such as uh, DeFi, such as uh, NFT, it's a higher level application level things. So mm, without uh, other, you know, I must say without exchange, without uh, DeFi, uh, you see uh, blockchain still uh, exist, but without uh, uh, block producers, uh, blockchain cannot, uh, blockchain will, will stop working at all. So mm, I think that's, uh, that's our responsibility. That's something uh, very important to both POW to both POS and to both Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies. <clears throat> yeah, it is like the, the core infrastructure of every blockchain. Yes, then uh, that's yeah. our responsibility. And this, uh, I must say, it's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, the security of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other blockchains must be uh, in the hand of uh, uh, good people. And uh, if, if not that, then you'll see uh, everything, uh, all the accent on top is, uh, could, could be at risk. Yeah. And I also like as a like I, I mean another foundational layer of like every blockchain is like open source tooling I would say, um, and you had like this fascinating idea about like Grant.Fish, which is like for the Cosmos ecosystem like funding like public goods maybe like how, how did you come up with that and and how does it work um, Grant.Fish? It's 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 also like uh, about like how we uh, already started. You know, when we started in 2018, we didn't know what to do. And uh, I had the idea of staking in mind already, actually, as far as uh, 2017, after talking with uh, the Ethereum people. But um, generally, I didn't know what to do. And uh, But uh, we uh, we kind of make like something uh, profit-making or profit-seeking profit uh, something shameful. So... Uh, we only have a whole idea like how to contribute to community. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the idea what uh, how it come from. Uh, it's it's much like a side project. Uh, these days we also contribute to other projects such as uh, uh, we make some something to Dogecoin. Uh, we also secretly operate a an official website for uh, for Dogecoin called Dogecoin.org. Uh, make movies for Dogecoin. Uh, uh, we also uh, contribute to uh, Gitcoin and something like, you know, it doesn't have a directly involved to a profit. Uh, I must say today uh, we, are, uh, we, are, we, are, we are actually uh, break even only because uh, the, the bull market and probably partly because we never think about uh, like how to make a profit. Uh, just uh, do it and don't think about too much uh, beyond that. You know, if, if, you, you, if you like make something, a, uh, make a goal, like I want to be uh, the world's uh, most uh, wealthiest uh, person, uh, most probably you won't be like that. Uh, I, I want to be, you know, <laughs> 
So just do something and uh, try to get something done and don't think about too much beyond that. Yeah, I I can see you definitely have a lot of fun um, at Stakepush as well. So so that's great to see and you do a lot for the ecosystem. Um, like, what do you think about like the recent consolidation in the staking market, like uh, staked getting bought by Kraken and Bison Trails by Coinbase and so on? Like, um, is that something you think you could get acquired or you would acquire someone else as well by any chance? And and what's your feeling on the general like consolidation of like, like kind of yeah more centralization in the market? Is it um, do you see it as a risk or like as an opportunity? Mm. Let me uh, uh, tell you some history. Uh, in the beginning of after pool, uh, we see you know uh, it was uh, 2013. We see Deepbit. We see uh, Tree Hash IO. They are like uh, like uh, you know uh, giant. You know it's uh, uh, one day you know someday uh, Tree Hash IO Deepbit they even take forty uh, percent of uh, Bitcoin network hash rate. And some some people think it's the end of the world, and we um, we also see uh, Bitmain and Pool, BTC.com. Uh, uh, what's another mining pool's name? Uh, uh, I, I even forget about that. What's the name of it? They have two letter dot com name. Uh, you know, kind of. Uh, um, we, we think we, we, we some at some point we were over. But in the end of the day, uh, all these competitors either they disappeared or they they, they are gone. Um, so it's kind of a last man standing. Uh, so Stakefish doesn't have a plan to uh, sell to any big bodies, I must say, uh, because I think the community uh, need the independent staking provider. Uh, we just uh, do what we believe so. And uh, um, trying to not think too much. Uh, I would say it's more like a inward looking compared to like always uh, learn from your competitors, always copy your competitors. Uh, it's always our competitor copy from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, and then so you just recently launched like a, a new Ethereum 2.0 staking service, um, or like relaunched. You already had one before. Like um, maybe you can talk us a little bit through that. Like how how does it work, and um, how is it differentiated from other staking service solutions for Ethereum? So if anyone like considering to stake the ETH, like why why should they go for for Stakefish? We we are compared to Lido, compared to Rocky Pool, we are operate at a much lower level. We are trying to only add a thin layer on top of the ordinary Ethereum staking protocol. So that's a different. Uh, I think we'll keep like working on uh, infrastructure level. Uh, that is Stakefish, and uh, I think next we'll uh, make the stake make the service much better from a design perspective. Also, like we're trying to unify the uh, whole bunch like. You can create a validator. You can uh, stake uh, as 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 little as uh, zero point one is, but I think later we'll make a unified dashboard so people can uh, do the both uh, in the uh, same user interface. Uh, that's a plan for maybe the first uh, half of uh, two thousand twenty-two. 
Hopefully we can we can get it done. Yeah, cool. And like, how 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 will that solution emerge when like the uh, when Ethereum merges with uh, Ethereum 2.0 and Ethereum like it becomes like yeah main proof of stake? Um, how how will you serve that market and how like will it be the same solution or how how will that look like? Uh, I think. When the merge happen, uh, when you know we will see real transactions. Uh, I've, you know, uh, from our mining experience, MEV has uh, played a, a majority, uh, a major role uh, of the, uh, I must say, block producing. Uh, as a staking provider, we must also invest some, you know, invest our effort into MEV and uh, yeah, there, there's a huge chance and uh, I want to say how big challenge like to do it uh, in the right way. And uh, uh, it's uh, have a direct uh, impact on, you know, how uh, your validating performance. Uh, there are also some plan to, from Ethereum uh, developers to have a plan to separate uh, block producing with uh, uh, block, you know, block assembler. Uh, so mm, we are still, we are also very close to follow the, the trend, see what we can do and how it's uh, impact our service. Yeah, cool. And what's your general take on the Ethereum staking market? Like, do you think it will be moving more towards like liquid staking and liquid staking getting like the, the biggest market share or like entire market share even and like yeah how, how would that look like and like what, what do you think about like those like layer zero networks like uh mm. FB network or oval um in the works there like how, how do you think that will uh emerge over time evolve over time mm. I think eventually things become, uh, unfortunately, more centralized. It's already very centralized. The biggest player have uh, almost 10%. But um, I only hope like uh, there we, we will see some biggest uh, uh, ones control the majority, uh, such like uh, what we, we've seen from uh, uh, Bitcoin, Debit, GHIO, those kind of uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but I must say, stay fish here to guard the decentralization of Ethereum and other blockchains. And uh, we'll, I must say, we will never like try to be, you know, majority. And we'll, uh, if if that day will happen, we will probably, uh, will you know, you 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 cannot, you know, uh, as for uh, Ethereum, you cannot. Take the the all the pies. So um, I also hope like the the whole Ethereum ecosystem like could be healthy and um, yeah, pretty much that's it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean I love what you're doing at Stakefish. It's it's pretty impressive and like mm -hmm. always keeping decentralization in mind and it's like very like it feels very grassroots but you do it very professional and um yeah i i, I really like it and like what are the other things that you're currently working on or like 
Any, anything else exciting on your roadmap that, that you guys do currently? Uh, kind of, uh, mm, I think probably uh, what they frequently do is uh, validating and running those, uh, you know, made by other projects. Uh, so, but I think we should next uh, invest uh, uh, effort uh, how you know different networks how they actually work how to uh, there's a lot of data involved we need to look into all these data uh, there's uh, I must say there's, there's, a, there's a huge amount of uh, tasks uh, on our backlog uh, we are what blocking our process so far is uh, you know we we we, we have a very limited, uh, our team is not picking up. So we have a li very limited resource. So for the same reason, we are actively hiring and we're always hiring uh, the talent. Uh, yeah, so we have a, you know, uh, aim to like provide more, like make it more data incentive. So this 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 is what we're gonna do in the next year also. That's awesome. Cool. Um, great stuff. So uh, let, let's move over to the community questions, and we have a, a winner here chosen uh, for the Ledger Nano X giveaway, um, and it's uh, Dan Popper. Congratulations to you. Um, and his question is like, I know you guys are experts in staking, but it would be really interesting to hear your views regarding DeFi. So how will DeFi evolve and will you see more institutions joining the market? And yeah, I think it's really interesting to, to have your take from like the, the staking, like you're very into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And um, I, I would also be interested in like, how, how do you see DeFi, for example, on, on Bitcoin? Because you mentioned Bitcoin would be very, um, yeah. Or you, you would like to see Bitcoin as like the, the dominant uh, cryptocurrency, right? Like, yeah. what's your take there? I mentioned that I only stake my 30% of a portfolio. That means like, uh, actually I stake almost 100% my liquid uh, portfolio. The other 70% is a Bitcoin. I cannot move it. I cannot stake it. So, yeah. Uh, and staking, uh, I mean, infrastructure staking is uh, kind of uh, different from uh, DeFi staking, but despite they use the same word staking. Uh, but on the other hand, they also compete, compete with each other. Like say, if some DeFi product offer you 10% of uh, uh, APY, uh, but infrastructure staking, like Beacon Chain only offer you 5%, then you have a choice. Should I stake my token with DeFi project or should I stake with uh, Beacon Chain? But mm, you need to also take a risk in consideration. If a DeFi project is going wrong, uh, there's uh, almost zero chance like we have a we see another DAO event on Ethereum. We probably won't see like a Ethereum rollback because of this. But if uh, we have some serious bug on Beacon Chain, uh, I think uh, maybe. We'll, we'll have to fix it. So the risk is different. Uh, if you are like big, big whale 
you probably feel more comfortable stake, uh, you know, thousand for ETH on Beacon Chain compared to a, you know, random DeFi projects. This fact uh, the letter give you a far better APY or profit. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So how, how do you stand like towards the uh, like MEV? You mentioned MEV earlier as well. Um, yeah. I, I forgot. That? I forgot to mention that you know. Uh, Staking with Stakefish because we are working on a lower level, there are lower chance, uh, you know, uh, our service going wrong. Uh, if you're staking with some other um, ETH uh, staking service, such as, uh, you know, uh, higher level, like DeFi-like project, then uh, they have, have a risk uh, on also on smart contract level. So that's what Stakefish different from other ETH staking uh, services. Yeah, and I mean the cool thing is like you you are like uh, closer to the roots kind of, um, but you can still stake with zero point one ETH with Stakefish, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. that's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I want to ask about the the MEV you mentioned earlier. Is is that something you consider for Stakefish as well as like a potential business model as well mm -hmm. to like tap into yeah. MEV? on proof of stake and because you also probably have like quite some experience from the proof of work mining as well like with this mev i guess mm -hmm. right yeah it's, it's it's very important to the to profit but i think someday maybe we'll see uh on purple level uh, you know probably be separated uh from block producing uh i think mm, it's something probably will happen uh, i you know uh, i've seen with people like vitalik uh, like uh you know use you know think very hard to like how to uh, kick 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 us out of the business just like uh, how he did to like field to miners but i think yeah uh, if that happens this i think the ecosystem only make the ecosystem more more interesting uh, uh, it doesn't mean like we only can operate block producing. Uh, what we can do is also like we can also operate, you know, the other like block block creation, block uh, assemble, mm -hmm. and uh, further, you know, divide this, you know, this few rows on the blockchain only makes the. Uh, the thing more mature and more uh, secure. I think I think it's a, and more decentralized. And uh, I think it's a very good thing, uh, interesting thing to 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 see. Huh? Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's no way to prevent it. I think you can just like limit it in some way. But yeah, I mean, th there's a lot of uh, potential business options since like. Um, as you mentioned, it's like the, it's the core infrastructure of uh, of any blockchain network, um, mm -hmm. mining and staking, and it's essential. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The, the most the most interesting thing on Ethereum is like mm, Ethereum. Uh, those people always trying to fair uh, fair us, I must say. You know, they initially they they trying to fair all the miners, uh, they you know. Uh, also, you know, if you see what happened in EIP 1559, and uh, we were the, probably the only 
major mining pool support that. And it, it doesn't matter how people, how miners say, you know. Uh, we knew that, so, and we think it's a good thing to the whole ecosystem. That's why we supported that. Uh, because uh, even though like we, we, we do not, it, it's, a, it's a still happen. So uh, I think there, you know, maybe someday uh, staking, staking pool, staking provider is also, will also be a target to Ethereum. And I think that only makes the Ethereum a better uh, blockchain. And um, if that's a good thing to the whole Ethereum, it definitely will also support the approach. Uh, I think that's already in the plan. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. That's great. And yeah, I think we learned a lot of stuff today. Um, thanks a lot for all your insights here. Um, as like coming from the mining business, like now operating Stakefish as the biggest, and, and you think Stakefish would actually become much more um, profitable um, in the future. So, that's also like, uh, a clear take for you to like okay like proof of stake is the way to go right for mm. very like even dogecoin mm. moving to proof of stake and so on as you mentioned earlier so yeah it's a it's a very exciting space and um you you do amazing work there um with everything you do at stakefish um you have a great team and uh continue to innovate and support the network support decentralization and uh have like great yeah low-level Ethereum staking solution um, where like which is more secure and you can stake with like uh, just 0.1 ease which is which is quite nice so uh, make sure to check it out guys um, and yeah like how, how can people learn more about you and uh, Stakefish like um, where can people follow you follow our Twitter account uh, my Twitter account Satofishi as a uh, S-A-T O F I S H I and the stakefish Twitter is just a stakefish. All right, cool, nice. Um, so we are we had one one hour sharp here. Um, thanks a lot for being on, um, guys. Make sure to check out the previous episodes of Stacking Mondays as well, um, and subscribe to the channel. Um, hit the bell button and uh, yeah. Make sure to tune in for the next episodes as well. Thanks a lot for having you on, John, and uh, good, good luck, great success with Stakefish going forward. Yeah. And as always, uh, happy staking. Yeah, thank you. Thank you uh, to Staking Mondays. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>